The following message is brought to you by Balsamic. Balsamic have decided to support the SAS district community by donating their sponsored airtime to some of our listeners. This episode is sponsored by Prepper, a visual planning and publishing tool of content on social media channels like Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. With Prepper, you can also schedule and publish Instagram carousel posts on complete autopilot. The product is available on both desktop and mobile platforms. And they even offer a 10-day free trial to try it out before even signing up. If you're looking to save more time and automate your Instagram scheduling for the entire month, make sure to visit Prepper.com. If you'd like to receive a promo code for Balsamic, or even just thank the folks at Balsamic for supporting our community, please check out our show notes where we include a link to that promo code specifically for the SAS district community. Thank you all. everyone, this is your host Akil Jabbar and welcome back to another episode of SaaS District. In today's episode, we'll be talking about how bootstrapping your SaaS company from zero to $3 million in ARR in less than two years. Today we have our guest Ankit joining us. Ankit is the co-founder of Apid Simple Infotech, Call Hippo and Software Suggest. He's an experienced entrepreneur, marketing leader, salesman and head of growth. Most notably, Ankit has fully bootstrapped his first startup, from concept to the 3 million AR and profitable in less than two years. So welcome, Ankit. Glad to have you on our show today. Hi, Akil. Thank you for having me here. Yeah, no, no worries. So uh, for those of you who don't know your background, can you tell us a little bit about your entrepreneurial story, story of how you decided to uh, build your first venture, which I think was Software Suggest, and what was the problem you were looking to solve? I think that was back in 2014. Uh, so... Uh, uh, so in 2014, I was trying to find a software for my father's uh, pharma company. So my father runs a pharma company and uh, uh, and it took me about three years to find the right software. The first year, we actually thought we'll build a software. We hired some engineers and uh, we outsourced it as a service contract and that did not work well. Uh, we realized that building a software is not a very smart thing to do. The second year, we found the vendor and... Uh, the quality of that software was not very good. I mean, we had to shell that project in three to four months' time. There were a lot of issues, there were a lot of bugs which were there in the software. It was only in the third year we found the uh, right software. So this process had actually started in 2010 and finished in 2013. And that's when I realized that there's a need of a marketplace which could uh, which could help people find the right software. Uh, give give them read, uh, feedbacks and reviews about uh, software vendors. And that's how software suggest came into existence. Uh, to to add to my background, I'll I'll add here that uh, uh, so uh, because you talked about my background, I did not have any engineering background, uh, and even today the co the company does not have any tech co-founder as such. Uh, but yeah, we are still created a tech company with, uh, with I think uh, yeah we once one sixty people tech company with without a tech co-founder. So were you working at a job at the time and, you know, so you were helping your dad build a, you know, find some, some SaaS companies, you realize you're, you're, you need to solve an own itch, an own problem of yourself and you decide to go and build it. How, what was that process? Were you working full time and started doing it on the side? Um, did you just say, I'm going to go all in and hire, you know, fire some engineers to build it or how did that process look like? Yeah, so uh, so I was working full time, but uh, the, the entire time to market for this product was about 45 days. Uh, the first version was in the market in about 26, 27 days. 
and the complete version was in the market on about i, I still remember the date it was uh, it was 18th of february we were in the market in 2014 and we started engineering in on january uh, on first of around first of january 2014 we started engineering uh, i hired a couple of engineers uh, trusted them to do good job i mean i did not though uh, that uh, the, the lead engineer is still with us he has been with the organization for about 6 and 1/2 years now uh, i trusted them with uh, taking the right decisions and uh, and taking the right calls and uh, and and they could deliver in about 45 days time once uh, once it was in market i i continued working for the next 3 months and uh, after 4 and 1/2 months of uh, putting the for of ideation i left the last organization and uh, started working full time on this wow uh, that's pretty quick actually how fast you can see that that's that's the power of it right people think you need you know 6 months or a year to launch a product but you launched in you know less than 45 days you put the limit you put the pressure and they delivered um did right. did you intentionally make the decision to bootstrap at the time was it just because you know you had the money in the account you could afford to pay these engineers for 45 days or did you consider saying hey like this is a good idea maybe i can go out and raise some external capital to really help this this company grow Uh, so we we did not really invest a lot of money in this uh, product uh, the entire investment which i made was of $10000 uh, i had actually accounted for $15000 to be invested in the company but uh, so that's that that was my saving of $15000 but uh, we we did not spend 15 so i thought that if if i reach $15000 and i am not able to become cash flow positive i will close down the startup and uh, go back to my work but uh, all i used was $10000 uh and uh, i i didn't get the can you come again to the uh, other question uh yeah like what, what did you have that you know thought in your mind at the time okay so 10 15000 was your thought of saying oh no, i'm going i need to go raise 100 200000 or was it not even an option yeah so uh, yeah so with respect to bootstrapping so i i never could understand uh, uh i and still today i am not able to understand how one can spend 100 dollars to get 50 dollars of revenue back so i have i have a lot of mentors in the industry now who have who have raised 100 dollars and 200 dollars and they still uh, and and some of them who have actually done a good exit also wonder why why the investor gave them money and uh, why they were spending 100 dollars to get 50 dollars of revenue back so that is something which i have not been able to uh, accept even now and that is why we have kept bootstrap we we as an organization or we as a team like an uh, organization which is cash flow positive which is sustainable and uh, we we think if we invest a dollar of revenue uh, if we if we invest a dollar we should get at least 1.2 back in revenues and uh, because of that philosophy we have kept we have been bootstrap and we have we have not tried to raise uh, serious funds so that's not best you're saying you're putting 1 in and you're hoping your your return is 1.2 so you're so you know kind of yeah. your ltv to cac is 1.2 so gener- generally i think what most most people like is you know 3 to 1 5 to 1 Um, if you can get that, then it's when you say, "Hey, give me a million dollars. I'm gonna take make that into five million right away." Once you have that formula kind of narrowed down, right? But I think one thing you also have on top of that is you're based in India, right? What, what city are you in? Sorry, uh, yeah, our operations are out of India. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, so in Ahmedabad. In Ahmedabad, okay. So I mean, look, if you look at the cost, right? So you know, ten thousand uh, to build a, a solid company, or you know, at least a solid product. to do that in and it, we're, i guess the question there was were you paying the engineers you know a salary or were you just saying here's like a flat uh budget 15 or you know you try to come under that within that time period because you you know you try to do that in San Francisco it's going to cost you 10 times that much right <laughs> yes uh, so that was one uh, that was a cost advantage which we had which we had in fact uh, a lot of uh, indian companies like freshdesk and zoha has the similar as a similar cost advantage yeah uh, we were paying our engineers and uh, we were paying them 
decent salaries, but we are not paying them complete salaries. We paid them in uh, we paid them some salaries in form of equities, uh, not hard cash. Uh, a couple of my initial team members are really rich. Uh, uh, we 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 plan to do an exit of the organization. I'm, and uh, I don't plan to run this organization for all my life. I'm, I understand that we'll have to exit the organization at one point. And then uh, most of my early engineers are going to make good money, uh, and, and they will be rich. So uh, even by U.S. standard, not not just Indian standard, they will be rich even by U.S. standards. So so yes, uh, not all in, the engineers were paid, but not their hundred percent salaries. They were paid some part in equities. Nice. So I guess they're they're cash rich right now, and at some point they'll realize the you know the the upside of the risk they took. Yeah. Cool. So in 2017, so just over two years ago, you decided to also launch a new company called Hippo, um, which is the one now we're talking about. So about two years, about three million in ARR. What was your decision reason for the the new business? You know, launching this versus just like you know doubling down, focusing and growing the first uh, venture software suggest, which was growing at the time, right? So if you look at most bootstrap organization, most bootstrap organization will have multiple products. Uh, even Basecamp created multiple products uh, some years back. Then they closed those uh, products after after Slack came in and uh, and there was a lot of competition. They closed their products. And the the I think the reason for doing this is uh, as bootstrap organizations, we don't want all our eggs in the same basket. Uh, we we want to uh, divide our risk or reduce our risk by creating different products. Uh, that is why we created Qualipo in 2017. We thought it was getting too risky for us. We did not have venture funded. Uh, uh, we were not venture funded. We did not have a lot of money in our bank. We did not have an opportunity to not to to go without revenues for a couple of months. So we thought, let's create another product. And by this time, we were, we could understand SaaS very well. After running software services for three years, we could understand SaaS very well. So we said, let's create another product. So we reduce our risk. Uh, we we understood the impact of the actions or, or the decision which we took in 2017 when Corona hit. In Corona, one of our product took uh, took decent hit in revenues, but uh, so software just took a little bit hit in revenue. But uh, Callipo did very well. Uh, our revenue increased in Callipo, and overall we could manage uh, our revenues. In fact, we could grow our revenues even in Corona, and uh, and it helped us sail through. So. So, so I think, uh, yeah. So this is why we decided to uh, create two products to reduce our risk as an organization. Makes sense. So just to you know, mitigate there. So now you said you invested about 10K initially on software, developing software suggest. Uh, with Call Hippo, do you remember how much you invested there? And, and you know, was there any different strategy there? Uh, we, so Call Hippo, so software suggest was already giving us uh, revenues. Uh, it was cash flow positive. We invested about 40K uh, in building Call Hippo. Okay. Before we turn positive, got it. So that was just because of the the complexity of it versus software suggest, right? Of the technical, or and I mean, obviously you had the money as well. To, to yeah, be we obviously more had the money. <laughs> a little bit more yeah, functions, have, more features. Have, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we had the money. I mean, we could pay money now. So earlier we did not have money. We could not pay money. Uh, now we had money, so so we spent a little more money. We did not give out equity this time. Nice, smart. And what was your strategy to minimize that payback period? And how long did it, it, it take to earn back your initial acquisition costs or that, that 40K, either for software suggest and let's talk about both, yeah, kind of both scenarios. So uh, we have always been trying to uh, uh, trying to become cash flow positive as soon as possible. When we were running software suggest, we were cash flow positive in uh, about a year's time. We started uh, software suggest in January 2014 and January 2015, we were cash flow positive. Even when creating Qualipo, we had a deadline uh, with us. We started Qualipo in January 2017 and we decided that if, if we don't become cash flow positive by Jan- December 2017, we'll close down that product. 
so even even on the very first day we had a very clear timeline uh, we did not become cash flow positive in december 2017 but march 2018 we were cash flow positive in december 2017 we could see that we are moving towards cash flow positive being a cash flow positive company uh, and that's how we are, and once once you're cash flow positive uh, there is a growth trajectory and you can predict how long it will take to get the uh, cash back so uh, so i so with respect to software suggest i with or colipo i don't remember when we got the uh, uh, funds back but we had a very clear one year cash flow uh, positive target and in both the products we could achieve that nice nice and then you know looking back now uh, you know when you first built software suggest and then you applied a lot of the learnings to call hippo uh do you think you you know was the most effective strategy or would you have approached it differently on how you started software suggest the first time uh so uh software suggest was my first startup i told you i am a non tech founder i did not understand anything about technology in fact i did not understand anything about angel investment and vcs i was completely blank uh but 3 years of software suggest actually gave us a lot of experience i did not know i did not know what search engine optimization is when i started software suggest so uh, so it was almost like i mean i was running the startup i was running software suggest for about 6 months and there was no traffic on the website no google analytics was uh, installed i called up a friend and i told him that boss uh, nothing is happening i don't know why there is no revenue and uh, this friend st- uh, this friend told us that have you done search engine optimization i said what is search engine optimization i don't know anything about it and then he explained me uh, there was there was something called as web seo then and he told me go to web seo try web seo out and then he told me told me there is something called as google analytics you should in- install google analytics on your website after that call i i, I logged myself in a room for about 3 days and uh, learned everything about search engine optimization so i read almost everything which neen patel had written and that's where our real journey started and and then we we, we became one of the best organizations in search engine optimization this entire learning was actually applied to callipo uh, for the initial one year my payback period in callipo was was two months so every time i was getting a customer i was getting my money back in uh, uh, two months uh, all cost weighted down Nice. Uh, so because you asked me this question what were the learnings the, the basic the major learning was of uh, which we took from software suggestions was of searching and optimization how to market the product how how do you reach out to the customers and uh, how how do you get revenues where all the learnings from software suggestions to put in callpo it, it actually helped us build uh, the product faster it mm. helped us break even faster makes sense so now would you say most of your growth strategy whether you know now or before was mainly driven by seo is that how you were uh you know focusing most of your your marketing budget yeah so uh, for the last 6 and 1/2 years we have been more, uh, majorly focused i i want to say 6 and 1/2 years for the first 6 months we were not seo driven but after that we were uh, we have mostly been seo driven organization uh, we we focus a lot on search engine optimization getting traffic from search engine optimization uh that has held us keep our cost low mm-hmm. and because our cost has been low we have been able to acquire customer uh, i mean we have been able to get a better payback period for customers uh, it it is very recently that we have started advertising uh, on google we have started spending money on linkedin uh, we have we have started outreach campaigns uh, uh, email outreach campaigns and now we have started exploring other uh, methods of lead generation uh but primarily this organization has been seo driven 
even after all these methods, uh, about 70 to 80% of my revenue comes from search engine optimization. Very nice. So like you said, the 45 days to build a product between the 45 days and the six months when you first started SEO, what were you doing then? Were you, you know, making, making phone calls? Were you doing cold emails or how were you trying to get clients then or were you not focusing on that at all? So, uh, uh, we were, uh, we were actually trying to reach, uh, companies out using, uh, uh cold emails mm. and uh, trying to see if companies convert, but unfortunately no company converted. Then we did not have any traffic on the website and if we do not have any traffic on the website, uh, it did not make any sense for any software company to pay us and, uh, advertise on software suggest. It was only after we started doing search engine optimization. It took us around three months to do search engine optimization and get started, start ranking on Google. Uh, once we started ranking on Google, then it was not very difficult. Uh, a lot of companies started approaching us uh, for advertising on software suggest. Uh, so once once we had traffic, it, it it was less of cold outreach and it was more of organizations coming to us uh, to advertise on the platform. Nice, nice. So as a, as a SaaS owner now, you have two startups running. What are the key metrics that you monitor on a daily basis that you're really paying attention to? Um, are you looking at revenue, growth rate, user churn, CAC, LTV? What's really important to you that you look on every day? Okay, so uh, so as a founder or as the CEO, I've gone out of uh, daily metrics. I'm more on a weekly matrix. And even for weekly metrics, I don't, uh, I don't try to follow uh, hard numbers like revenue and churn. Uh, those happen in our monthly and quarterly meetings. Uh, I have I have leaders who who take care of that, who are very who are running after these uh, numbers and who understand these numbers well. Uh, as the CEO founder, I am more focused on my customer experience. So NPS is one matrix which I try to uh, follow every 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 week, and uh, I I try and understand. So I try and read through each and every comment my uh, customers give us in NPS. Uh, I try to understand what tickets have been raised by customers, why those tickets have been raised. Uh, in fact, my support team is supposed to give us three user experience issues every uh, week. So uh, even if a user has not ex- not complained it or have not reported it uh, actively, the team is supposed to give three user experience issues and we try to solve that regularly. So uh, as we, I mean, we, when leading the organization as the CEO, I'm more focused on long-term matrices, which will help the organization grow in the longer run. Then revenues, which are more shorter run, I think. Uh, one month revenue, two months revenue, and quarters revenue is, I, I mean, I have good leaders now uh, who achieve those revenues. They don't, uh, I don't have to worry about those revenues. I, I'm more worried about what happens after one year or what happens after two years. Makes sense. So I think, you know, just for our audience, NPS, that's a net promoter score, uh, which is a, a, usually a number from zero to 10, which tells you how happy your customers are. Um, what, can you share what your average number is and uh, right now in terms of your NPN score? So uh, so we are at 6.5 as of now. Uh, we, we were earlier a little lower and uh, in telephony, it is a little difficult. I mean, uh, so, so telephony depends upon a number of factors like uh, phone quality and uh, hardware quality. So uh, getting a good number is a little difficult. We were a little lower in NPS uh, a year back. We worked around it and we increased our NPS to 6.5 now. Nice, very nice. What is, uh, so if, you know, if there's another bootstrap SaaS startup in the early stages, what is uh, a number one metric to focus on to maintain profitability while still maintaining growth? So you know, going back, what were you really you know, paying attention to uh, in the early stages and why? So in the early stages, we were very focused about uh, return on investment. Now we are not that, and um, we are still focused on return on investment, but we do a lot of experiments now. 
but in the early stage, I was very focused about return on investment. I would not do an experiment until I understand uh, how how the experiment is going to give my my money back. So uh, so we will we will do very controlled experiments. Uh, we will spend less on those experiments, and uh, unless we start understanding those experiments very well, and unless we are sure that this experiment is going to give us our money back in six months, three months, whatever time, we will not scale those experiments. Uh, yeah, I think I think as a bootstrap organization, you are so uh, so. There is a lot of talk uh, in funded organizations. They run multiple experiments, and they really don't care if uh, uh, ninety out of hundred experiments they run. Uh, go go bad, and in fact, in fact, VCs and investors give them money to run those experiments. The uh, the objective of having that much of money is to run hundreds of uh, parallel experiments, and even if those ten experiments go good, uh, the VC gets his money back. But when you are a bootstrap organization, you cannot run hundred and hundreds of parallel experiments, uh, which I think is a mistake a lot of bootstrap organizations do. You have to be very selective and very choosy about the experiment which you do do. Uh, and even in those experiments, you have you have to be patient with those experiments. If you are not patient, and if you are running a number of experiments, you will run out of money very soon. Right, makes sense. So unlike uh, like a VC funded companies, they have plenty of cash to burn and test out. Um, you know, how well should a bootstrap you know SaaS startup manage to structure their limited capital? Whether it's you know acquiring new clients, efficiently run expenses, you know such as sales and marketing, and other costs to allow, you know still keeping growth, right? Like how do you have to think about that? And where where would you focus your your energy then? You know, is it more product, or you you know focus on marketing? Yeah, so I I think uh, I think product people can build product. I mean, uh, so I think there are a lot of product there which have been built, but uh, but but the founders have not been able to reach uh, uh, reach audience there. Uh, I think marketing is the most important thing. The founders should focus on marketing. They should focus on selling and getting uh, the first customers and getting the ten customers and getting the first hundred customers. Uh, engineering can be managed. I will not say engineering is easy, but engineering can be managed. Uh, as a founder, if I have to do it again, I will focus seventy to eighty percent of my efforts on getting my first dollar of revenue, then getting my a uh, tenth customer and getting my hundred uh, customer. Uh, I, I mean, I I don't know why, but uh, maybe because I am in India, we have operations out of India. Uh, I think getting engineering resources easier than getting a marketing and sales resource. Uh, mm. If you if you have to control your cost, uh, you can get you can get I mean you can get a good engineering resource at a lower cost than getting a marketing and sales resource who can actually turn uh, uh, things and can actually sell and can actually generate good leads. So I think as a founder, you should spend your time there. It is a better return on your time. Yeah, yeah, it makes sense. So just kind of adding to that, you know, when you're initially building a team, you know, you're hiring for both critical and you know non-critical roles. How did you approach that? Because you, a, you've, you've, I don't know if you've worked with this engineering team that you went to and said, hey, build this product, or was it just you know, like how do you assess that? Because I know if, you know if I'm, I'm based out of the U.S. or Canada, I want to hire a team out of out of uh, India or in any other company. Um, what what was your thinking? How how would you help them kind of work through that to make sure they get the you know good quality and deliver it? So uh, when we do have, when we hire people, I mean, uh, uh, yeah, before before that we are hiring continuously. Uh, we mm. are currently a one eighty team. Uh, I mean, one eighty people team. Uh, and if if anyone is uh, anyone is looking out, please send us an email. Uh, now coming to your question, uh, we are very focused on HR round. So uh, our our interviews are more or, or whenever I have a discussion, it is more about are we connecting with that person? Do you see that person work for life? 
so we have a very clear policy that uh, uh, we don't we don't work with anyone if i don't want to work with that person 20 years down the line uh, so every time we add a person to the team uh, all my team members or even i are i am supposed to answer the question that do you want to work with this person 20 years down the line if there is a check there uh, we we hire that person if there is no check there if i don't want to work with that person 20 years down the line we we don't hire that person so this particular question has been our philosophy from the very first day and i think i think because of that we have team members who have been working with us for 6 years 6 and 1/2 years uh, so the engineering lead of callipo has been with us for uh, for about 3 3 and 1/2 years now uh, in the last 3 years his salaries have grown by about 10 10 12 times uh, uh, from what he joined us uh, so if you ask me how how and and we follow this for critical non critical both resource critical mm. it, it can be critical it cannot be non critical resource uh, but we make sure of i mean we we try to answer one single question do we want to work with this person 20 years down the line that that's a very powerful question i mean the the thing is i mean you are going to be working with them these you know part of, basically become part of your family the issue is i think with that i see i mean just the question for you is that it could be very subjective right because now you're you're really hiring based on personality how they fit in yeah. um would you consider that more of like a cultural check than anything and then you're you're leaving skills aside and you know saying okay well you have some skills but you know if we like you you know maybe it's just that one person on the team that likes them but maybe another person doesn't or, or how are you, how are you looking at that So, uh, so we have a very, very structured uh, hiring process. Uh, so there is a technical round which happens with the HR, and only when the technical round is cleared by the uh, by our mm. recruitment talent team, uh, it comes to us. And even in uh, even when it comes to us, uh, so so a lot of team members are actually involved. So it is not just my decision. I get all my team members. Uh, we get all of it, our team members on the interview round. or in the interview call and then we have a very casual discussion with the person and so you've experienced you know three different startup journeys um you now encounter different situation and numbers but so far uh one important part of the SaaS company is managing your user churn i think i want to talk about a little about that in order to maintain your MRR and growth your growth budget and whatnot how do you suggest bootstrap you know startup uh start dealing with that and how do you approach you know managing user churn so uh akil this is something which we learned very recently uh callipo so we have very low user churn in uh, software suggest uh, customer churn in software suggest in software suggest we have companies who have been working with us for the last 6 years 6 and 1/2 years once they start uh, we hardly have customers in software suggest who actually drop uh, or stop advertising or stop working with us uh, we started facing this issue of churn in callipo uh for the first two years we were going very fast and we we never thought of churn it was only in the last six months we started thinking about churn uh and uh, and we realized that uh, churn is a major concern for most uh, b2b saas companies and it needs to be controlled so what we did was we went back to the blackboard and uh, uh we we started understanding what our icp is uh we started figuring out who were the customers who were sticking to us what were the uh, what were the type of customers what were the industries who were sticking to us for a longer period which type of customers were giving us higher in, in uh, uh, nps and we figured that out and then we started building only for that segment of customers uh, in the initial days we were going all out we were telling anyone would come to us and we will say that we are building for you and uh, uh, there is no one in the world and and and, uh, and we used to i used to listen to interviews and i used to 
listen to other founders who are very successful and uh, they will say that we we are very focused and we are building for only these type of organization and i would think that i mean they were they were doing like 100 million 200 million of revenue but uh, i was very stupid to think that those guys were not very smart and i was i was the smartest one who was <laughs> who was who was building for everyone and who was uh, who was not telling no to any customer but eventually when churn started hitting us and we realized that uh, uh, churn is a serious problem then i could actually understand and decode what they tried to say uh, 6 months back we we did this entire process and now things have started looking much better for us I and mean, our churn numbers are going down uh, Smart. Uh, we 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 are now almost hitting cash flow positive net negative cash flow uh, net negative uh, churn. Uh, we are almost reaching that. Uh, we are we have started telling uh, no to a lot of customers. In fact, uh, sometimes it happens that we tell no to a customer and they go and give us bad feedbacks on uh, on our platforms like Softer or this Captera, and uh, mm-hmm. they even go to our Facebook page and give us bad feedbacks. But we are very clear about that that we don't want uh, people who are uh, who does not who don't fit icp uh, i think i think that's the way to do i mean if i have to do it again i will go back and i will i will just build for icp uh, i mean I, even when i am zero revenue i will try to figure out what my icp is and i will try to build for icp uh, mm. with engineering standpoint what we do is uh, now how how the icp uh, discovery has changed is that uh, now we build features which are focused on these particular icp so we have a couple of features which are these particular which are focused on these particular icp when you compare it with my competitors you will not find those feature in my competitor uh, because because my customers don't find that feature in my competitors uh, or a bicha they don't they don't tend to churn out and that's how we try to control our mm. churn in this organization so interesting i mean at the early stages i don't know if you want to say no but okay you define the icp Are you really limiting yourself to one, or would you say, "Hey, build three or four, You know, maybe not everybody, but three or four, uh, target them, and then over time, once you kind of you know see who's who's you know a higher value, you start eliminating the others. Is that probably a better way to look at it? Yeah, I think I think you should do you should do experiment with three or four. We were actually selling to everyone. I mean, anyway. So I had I had my conversion rate from sign up to sales at about thirty five percent. Then I was actually selling to everyone. we have now we have now controlled it and it has gone down to 15% we are telling no but earlier we were selling to everyone any anyone wants we will uh, we will we will modify the product a little or uh, we will try to fit in their use case uh, so uh, you shouldn't sell to everyone i mean three or four use cases is good uh, you experiment with three or your use cases then come down to use case, two use cases then probably come down to one use case that mm. happens over a period of time uh, at the very outset telling that i want to do only this particular use case and i don't want to touch any other use case will also not be smart but mm. going all out and telling everyone that i am building for everyone is also not very smart makes makes sense so you know last uh, kind of question about the product side so initially uh, trying to build a product when you're you know funded company uh, you know a lot of your time is there to perfect the product sometimes it takes you know 18 months before you even have a, a product and you have that that money there to right. back it but as a bootstrap company you don't have that kind of uh, resources right you're struggling to manage right. that if you're a bootstrap company would you recommend only focus on say building an mvp quickly and then iterate along the way or do you focus your efforts on you know was that 45 days that you built was that a perfect product would you say from right from the beginning and um do you say like I want all this and you know deliver this in 45 days or was it like you know just give me this enough to get started and then we'll build over time so uh, as an organization we have never focused on building a perfect product and i don't think the a perfect product exists 
we have been we have been a very mvp focused product so what we'll do is we'll, we'll understand the timeline which we have we'll mm. we'll fix a timeline that uh, we need this product out in 3 months time and then we will work backwards we'll first make a complete feature set and we'll think what is what is the best case scenario uh, we write that down Uh, and then we say that yes if you build this best case scenario it will take 9 months or it will take a year's time then we start removing things which we are not which are not needed in the best case scenario we we try to shorten time and we we come down uh then we i mean we and, and we do this step couple of times so uh so ultimately what i tell my team is that what we do is an mvp of mvp uh so we we go out with a really light product when we do experiments with our features we are out in like five days time we will build that feature and we will put it in the market uh, we'll do a lot of uh, we'll we'll also do things like uh, uh, we have we do things like we put buttons in the product and then uh, 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 we let the user do an action there uh, click there and then we tell the user that this feature is not there if you want uh, this feature and if you think this feature is valuable then talk to our product manager uh, mm. so we'll do we'll do all those experiments uh we don't we avoid engineering we will if someone comes with an idea uh we will still use google forms we will tell we'll tell the team member that let's let's experiment this with the google form uh, we'll tell them call call customers up and see if they really want it uh, we avoid engineering as much as possible even if the customer wants it we will go in for an mvp event today uh see if the customer is really using it and if only if they are using it uh, we keep building on this adding adding one particular facet to it every every release and build things over time mm. so i'm i'm a complete uh, believer of mvp I, mean, i i i think uh, building a complete product is not very smart unless and unless unless and until you have lots of fun in your bank and you are doing something which is very innovative i mean you you your objective is to experiment and uh, do that big experiment and see if can, it can be successful Yeah, it makes sense. So if you if you had the time and resources today and we're looking to launch a new startup, what industry what industry would you focus on and what markets are you most bullish about? So as an industry I I love SaaS. I find it very interesting. I think there's a lot of opportunity in SaaS. So I will not go anywhere uh, as an industry. I think I think for the next 15 20 years I'm not going anywhere as an industry and I am sticking to stack. And even even as a market I think telephony is a uh, very uh, I mean telephony has not been explored uh, properly. So what what we are trying to do and why we started Callipo uh, is another interesting thing. So I realized that there is a lot of automation which has been done around email marketing. So you will think you will see companies like Mailchimp, and then uh, there is Intercom, then there is Drift, which has done a lot of work around email marketing. They have done a lot of work around chat, but uh, none of the organizations have actually worked around telephony. Uh, the only organization which I can think of which has done good work around telephony is Twilio. which mm-hmm. has also done uh, which has also done a work of uh, i mean which has also done a very basic work for engineering engineers uh, so so i think a lot can be done in telephony there is a lot of automation which can be done in telephony gong has done some work around telephony where uh, where where they are doing a predictive analysis around sales calls and trying to see uh, if if your if your calls are going to end uh, in a deal closure Uh, but as such, I think telephony has not 
and probably because it is not sexy so telephony does not mm-hmm. sound sexy building a bot probably sounds sexy and doing something around marketing sounds very sexy uh, but because telephony is not very sexy it is very complex there is not much which has been done around it uh, mm. i think there can there are lots and lots of things which can be done around telephony automation in telephony uh, getting data analytics around telephony and call ipo as an organization cannot i mean i i, I don't think we can do doing even 1 or 2% of what needs to be done can be very big for us so i think there's still that 99% which is left uh, and someone needs to do it i mean if if i get another opportunity if uh, if i once again i exit qualify i'll probably and five years on I'll, I'll probably go back to telephony and try to do something here nice so if anybody listening to this looking for some ideas there's a there's a big opportunity there waiting to to get on right. awesome thank, <laughs> thank you ankit really appreciate you jumping on today on sas district um, how can our audience get in touch with you and learn more about what you're working on today uh so uh, you can follow me on twitter which is uh, ankit adirat uh, ankit dudwewala adirat ankit dudwewala or you can email me on my email address which is ankitadiratkolipur.com okay awesome thank you so much we'll add those links to the show notes um and i really appreciate you jumping on today thank you all for listening in to this episode and joining sas district today don't forget to leave a review and subscribe for future episodes where we interview top leaders in the sas industry if you're a sas company looking to grow and unlock the true value of your business get in touch with us at horizoncapital.com and myself or one of our consultants will provide a free assessment to help you get there and hit your goals if you have any feedback or suggestions for this podcast please dm us on instagram or linkedin at @horizoncapital and help us improve our content for you all thanks again and hope to see you on the next one